I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. We've got a number of calls wanting to get you all on before we have Christian Winfield, who's going to join us, talk a little Nets, look forward to the remainder of the season for the Nets. What does it mean for them? Um, Do they have any shot of making it into possibly a play-in game with uh, all that they have accumulated trading away Katie and Kyrie? What does the future look like for them? Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll discuss it all with, uh, with Christian Winfield. Of course, he covers the Nets for the New York Daily News. So excited to have him on this hour. 800-919-3776. Let's go to our calls. Let's go to Lou in New Jersey. Lou, welcome in. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Um, I actually have an argument here where people are saying, well, this draft, draft this is a free agent class of quarterbacks. It's really deep. A lot of people don't like Tannehill, but I feel like he's a little underrated. Derek Carr, there's arguments about him that he's not good and good. Aaron Rodgers is one of the best, but I hear no one saying Lamar to the Jets or anything. It's, so, it's so, what, so, so, Lou, what do you, what do you see? Oh, okay, well, a few things in, in Lou. Appreciate the call. Uh, I said this earlier. Um, I don't, I don't see the Ravens letting Lamar Jackson go. They have invested too much in him building a team around him, both in the draft and free agency. I I just, I I just don't see it happening. Either they're going to work out a deal or, or they're going to tag him. If they trade him, I won't be shocked. I'll be surprised. I won't use the word shocked. I'll be surprised. Okay. Let's go to David in New Jersey. David, welcome. Oh, hey, Anita. I have to say, I listen to a lot of sports uh, talk radio, and I really, really, really enjoy your show. I think you're fantastic. Oh, thank you, David. I appreciate that. But, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> no, no problem. You're really good. So I wanted to talk about Carr versus Rogers. And to me, it is such a no-brainer that it's Carr or Rogers. And, and I hope you'll listen to me tell you why. Some of it's been said already. Carr is, I'm sorry, Rogers is 39 years old. If you get him, and that's, of course, you don't know if you're going to get him and you're going to have to wait so long to find out. You'll lose out on everybody else. If you get him, you have him for a year or two. And if you don't win a Super Bowl, it's not worth it. And that is still not so easy to do, even with Aaron Rodgers. You're going to have to give up draft picks for really no guarantee of just a stable man playing quarterback for you or a Super Bowl win. And after two years or one, if he retires or flakes out, you're back where you started. If you get Carr, which, of course, there's no guarantee they can, you can still have a nice draft pick this year and take an offensive lineman with the funding that they need. It, it's, and then you can have Carr for three, four, five years, and you can continue to build. He's had a bad deal at the Raiders. Six coaches in nine years or something crazy like that. Different offensive coordinators. He is a way above average quarterback. Jets would be so lucky to get him. Rodgers is such a flaky dude. His teammates don't like him. 
He's unlikable. Why would they want this guy with no guarantee of winning a Super Bowl and at the risk of putting your franchise back, you know, many years because of what you're going to have to give up for it? Yeah, David, I, I, I hear you. And I appreciate your take. Yeah, yeah, I, I appreciate uh, the compliments too, David. Thank you very much. Um, listen, I, I, I said pretty much uh, 80% of what, what you just said. Why, why would a team want him? Because he's Aaron Rodgers. He's won so many MVPs. He's won a Super Bowl. He's been there. He's done that. He's, he's, he's an effortless quarterback, right? Um, he can make all the throws, and he makes it just look ridiculous. There's a, there's a lot of reasons why a team would want Aaron Rodgers. I just, I feel that Derek Carr checks more boxes. Let's go to Justin, Tom's River. Justin, welcome in. Good morning. Hey, good morning, Anita. Thank, thank you for taking my phone call. Um, you know, I really, really respect your, fo- your football acumen, but I have to respectfully disagree with you on Derek Carr. Um, you know, a lot of people have mentioned, you know, he, he hasn't won a playoff game. You know, and, and my my biggest thing with him, he doesn't elevate the talent around him. And, you know, I understand that Aaron Rodgers is 39 and you're maybe only going to have him for a year or two. But I, me as a Jets fan, I don't know if I want to be tied down to Derek Carr for four or five years. And this team is in a win-now mode. And for me, you know, I don't want to settle for medi- mediocrity, in my opinion. I guess – you have Derek Carr in a higher rating quarterback-wise than I do. But, you know, when it comes down to it, this team hasn't won a home playoff game since 2002 when they beat the Colts 41 to nothing. And I understand our, our fan base is starved, and we'll honestly take anybody at this point, but I, at this point, I, I'm all in. I, I want – when you – I don't think Derek Carr is going to be able to beat Mahomes Burrow, Allen, and the Jets are in a position now with the talent they have on this team to go all in and try to win a Super Bowl, and that's why I'm for, for Rodgers. I, I, I hear, Justin, listen, I, I hear you, and I appreciate the phone call, and, and, and at the end of the day, this is what makes this conversation interesting, right? Because you can make solid points on both sides, right? Aaron Rodgers, the better quarterback, uh, you feel more confident that with him suiting up and getting behind center for the Jets, Jets have a better opportunity of winning more football games. But there's so many question marks with him. A, where is his heart at at this stage in the game, at, at heading into to, to the 40-year-old range, right? He's locked in some dark room right now, even contemplating, does he even want to play any longer? You know... Uh, is is he is he committed? Is he going to dance to the beat of a different drum and like actually worked with a young, maturing wide receiving core? Wasn't willing to do it in Green Bay. You know how will his personality fit here in New York? He's very sensitive, but so is Derek Carr. You know, Derek Carr gives you more longevity in regard to his contract, his age better attitude, um, better locker room guy, uh, better teacher of willing and wanting to help teach and grow and develop this young roster for the Jets. Um, 
And, 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 and again, I just, I, I like his mindset right now. Let me go out there. Let me do this tour because I want to make a decision by March 5th, M- March 15th before the free agency hoopla begins so that players know I'm the quarterback of this team. I'm committed. We're committed. This is what our game game plan is for the next three to five years. I like that mindset more than some dude who's sitting in some dark room somewhere right now, taking God knows what, uh, to do a deep dive evaluation of where, where they are in their life. uh... Anyway. All right, come back. Uh, We're going to switch gears. Uh, Christian Winfield, who covers the Nets for the Daily News, is going to jump on board. As we know, Kyrie's gone. uh, KD's gone. Harden left a while ago. What does this Nets roster look like? What can we realistically expect from them the remainder of the season? And what does the future hold? We'll discuss that next right here on 98.7 ESPN. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Sunday morning here on 98.7 ESPN. Life changes as I know it. Um, so back to uh, a more, uh, you know, normal schedule. I don't know. What is normal? Um, so Saturday is noon to three. Uh, Sunday is nine to noon. Uh, Christian Winfield joins us now. He covers the Nets for the New York Daily News. Uh, good morning. How are you? Good morning. I'm doing well. You know, got a couple of days of rest. Can't complain about that. How you feeling? I'm great. Uh, had McClung uh, wearing, uh, uh, winning the uh, slam dunk contest uh, last night. So, uh, so you know, I'll, I'll have a little extra cash to uh, enjoy my Sunday fun day with today. Uh, but let's talk. <laughs> let's talk about the Nets, right? Katie, Kyrie gone. Uh, now I'm looking at the starting lineup. You know, Bridges, Dinwiddie, Cam Johnson, Finney Smith. Of course, uh, Claxton was here before. Uh, realistic, realistically, what are your expectations for the remainder of the season? I know this team is two and two right now since Katie and Kyrie are gone. You, you know, that's about my expectation right there. If this team can go 500 in the second half of the season, I think that's a success. I'm not sure if that's possible, though, because of the difficulty of the schedule combined with you not having that legitimate alpha scorer down the stretch, unless that's going to be Bridges. But I don't know if we should be expecting them to go up for 45 points tonight. So that's the challenge that lies ahead. How is the team going to generate offense now that they don't have those ISO-heavy guys to rely on? Uh, and I think a lot of games tend to be decided by players like that. 
Uh, so that's going to be the challenge. How could they generate offense down the stretch in crunch time? We know with this roster they can play defense. Uh, it's going to be more so about how they generate crunch time offense. That'll dictate. I think we'll see the team hover around 500 for the rest of the season. Okay, so what is that? So right now, uh, in looking at the East, Celtics, Bucks, 76ers, Cavs, Nets, Knicks sitting at six. We spent a lot of time on the show this morning talking about the Knicks. The Nets sitting at five at 34 and 24. If they were to if they were to end the season, what, 22 games still remaining for them, something like that? If they were to finish the season at, at 500, where does that put them? Do you feel that they still remain in the top six? Do you feel that they would be one of those play-in teams? What, how do you see it playing out for them? Is this a team that you feel can make it to the postseason? I think that it's going to be a difficult task for them to get there because you've got a lot of teams that are lower than them that I expect to play better in the second half of the season, right? Like some of those teams down in that play-in territory, they're going to step it up in the second half of the season, and the Nets are still trying to figure out how they play together. They haven't even really been able to practice. They can't even really get into the gym until later on in this week coming up. And you've got so many guys that are now starters trying to figure out where they fit in. You know, they've spent this week just trying to learn the proper terminology, right? They've been sent little packets about what their words meant in Dallas and what those words meant in Phoenix and what those terms mean now in Brooklyn because a lot of these teams run the same stuff and they just call it different things. Uh, so I, I anticipate a lot of the other teams in the conference to surge in the second half of the season. Uh, I'm anticipating the Nets to kind of try to figure out their footing, and that's going to come with some losses, I believe. Um, I think they're going to end up in playing territory, kind of where you were at before, but now it's like you don't have, once again, you don't have Kevin, you don't have Kyrie to bail you out of those games. So how do you how do you win, right? Like we know they're going to rely on defense. We know they're going to shoot a lot of threes. They're going to try to play with pace. Um, I don't know where they fit Ben Simmons into the picture because he's kind of been relegated to a bench role. Uh, it's going to be difficult. I, I do anticipate a lot of teams playing better in the second half of the season. I anticipate the Nets are going to end up in that play-in territory. Um. And looking at their schedule, right, they kick off on Friday. They're at Chicago. Nine of their next 11 games are on the road. And some yep. of those pretty tough, right? Boston, the Bucs, Denver. Uh, they, they have a stint where they play four in six days. Yep. They do take on the Knicks March 1st, which will, you know, obviously be, be always fun uh, when, when the Nets and the Knicks go up against each other. So schedule-wise, yep. uh, you know, it's, it's, it's not a walk in the park, right? Yeah, it's 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 difficult, and, and especially when you consider, like I mentioned, these guys are still trying to get on the same page. They're trying to figure out what style of play suits them best. Um, and, and I think you're going to see them hang their hat defensively. They're going to switch everything in terms of pick and rolls. They, this this lineup allows them to do that. Um, and maybe we see Cam Thomas. We, we, you know, he's a guy who scored three straight forty point games and then kind of got sent right back to a bench role. And I don't know how he feels about that. Uh, I, I think he part of him wants to prove that he can be that type of scorer that this team needs, but they need defense, they need playmaking, and they need you know length, and he lacks in all three of those departments. So it, it's it's going to come down to to some juggling for Jacques Vaughn. He's got to figure out what lineups fit best, and he really has to figure out how to maximize Ben Simmons, and that's kind of what I think this season also ultimately hinges on. Ben Simmons is a guy who can play defense, who can push the pace. Uh, who can really, if you put him in the right situation, maybe make an impact on a game. The issue, as Jacques Vaughn said, is you know putting him on the floor opens the Nets up to being susceptible from a different area of the floor. Right? When you put Ben on the floor, you, you don't have someone who can generate offense for himself. If you play him at that five spot, then maybe you, you lack a little bit of rebounding. 
and, and if you put another playmaker on the floor with him, then again, you be like that rebound and, and all the time while out there, you don't have a shooter up there. So uh, some of that falls on the front office for not getting that stretch five. But you have to uh, think about this. When he was in Philly playing with Joel Embiid, 275 straight games started, you had a stretch five because Joel Embiid had the threat of shooting that three. The Nets don't have a player like that on their roster right now. So that's one thing that I think they could do to help him. Um, but there's also the back. He had the offseason back surgery that he's got to still work through. Um, I think for the Nets, it's going to boil down to figure out figuring out what lineups and rotations work best and really trying not to come down to those late-game, one-two possession games because I think that's where they can really struggle. Again, Christian Winfield joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. You can see his work all over the daily New York Daily News uh, covering the Nets. Obviously, big picture here is uh, this is this team now is in rebuilding mode. Talk about the draft capital that they have and 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 with with what this roster looks like. I, I like this roster. Like like if, if you're telling me like, okay, we're rebuilding, like I look at this roster and I'm like, okay, this is a nice base. Like I like this base, right? So big picture, like this off season, you know, what, 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 how soon do you feel that this Nets team will be competitive again? And, and on a scale of one to 10, 10 being the most attractive, how attractive of a landing place do you think this is for guys out there in the league? Yeah, that's a great question. When you look at this team, I mean, it's ready-made for a superstar to come in and say, okay, well, everybody else can play defense and shoot threes. Let me just be myself. Right? Like, if you plug it, and that's why the joke right now is poor Spencer Dinwiddie. You know, he's having a homecoming in Brooklyn now. But if you're if you're putting together a trade to acquire a star guard, then he's probably going to be the guy who might end up being moved with some of those draft picks. Uh, so, so it's tough on, on, in that respect. But to your point, this team is kind of built like a Toronto Raptors type of situation, right? You've got that length. You've got that versatility. You've got a lot of shooters, which you need is that one, that Kawhi piece, right? You need that star. The issue is how do stars perceive Brooklyn after everything played out? You had three superstars, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and James Harden, all request a trade within a year. Uh, everybody took note of that, and the front office and ownership is still the same, right? So that, that's one thing you have to watch out for. But that's just free agency, right? We, we're talking trades. The Nets have, I mean, seven first-round picks in the Nets' handful of draft classes. You, you recovered the picks that you gave away in the James Harden deal by trading Kevin Durant. So you've got first-rounders in 2023, 25, 27, 29. Um, you can easily package some of those up. And if you really wanted to press the big red button, you could probably trade Mikael Bridges to a team like the Memphis Grizzlies and, and get their draft picks too. So there's a lot of options here for the Nets. Um, I think I like the rendition of this roster where they keep Bridges and keep Claxton and are able to put a star around that and build around that and make a little trio. Um, but, again, it's easier said than done because this team had three stars that you would have thought could re-sign here. If you would have asked me if James Harden, Kevin Durant, and Kyrie Irving would be Brooklyn Nets a year and a half ago, I would have said absolutely. So, uh, clearly it's not as easy as it seems to put together these teams and keep star power in, in, in market, but the Nets do have a, a foundation, like you said. They have length, they have athleticism, they have a ton of draft capital. Uh, I expect Sean Marks to be active on it. Interesting. So I'm looking at this and saying, wow, this is a really nice base. You're saying this isn't going to be the base. You're saying that these are these are pieces that they acquired now that they're potentially going to flip for more draft picks. That's what you're anticipating. 
Uh, I'm saying everything is on the table, right? If if the right package comes along, if you're able to get a superstar player and you've got to give up some draft picks and some of your and some of your young players, I think you do it. Um, you're you're going to have some more cap space this summer. There's it, it, a lot that will open up. It, it, it's just a matter of what direction this team wants to go and how the last three years have influenced, you know, just their philosophy on team building, right? They, they struck out with the with the superstar era. That, there's no there's no if ands or buts about that. The next question is, are they going to go down the same route again, or are they going to go down the original route, which was building around the guys like Karras and D'Angelo Russell and Spencer Dinwiddie and those young guys that, that made it a lot of fun. So they could go two different ways here. I'm interested to say which way they, which, I'm interested to see in which way they go. Um, I do think they try to build around that duo of Bridges and Claxton. Um, I think those are your two best players on the roster right now. Um, I think everybody else at this point might be expendable if the right deal comes along. Um, great stuff as always, uh, Christian. Really love when you spend time with us and you take the time to join us on the program. Uh, we'll be interesting to see uh, you know, what this team is able to do and if they do make it in, at least in the play-in game, uh, in the postseason, and, and, and of course what they do uh, in the offseason as well. Quick note here, from what I understand – Sean Marks, the organization, uh, sent out a notice uh, that there's going to be no auto renewal in regard to season tickets, and they're going to be reaching out individually to uh, to those owners, uh, to, to ticket owners, right? Yeah, I got that uh, screenshot from a friend of mine who was a season ticket holder, and he was he was trying to pay his damage control because he wasn't re-upping his season tickets anyway. When you when you when you sold Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving at the beginning of the year, and you end up with Mikael Bridges, Nick Claxton, and and the shell of Ben Simmons, uh, I think you're a, as a season ticket, you have a, a gripe there. So we'll see what those ticket season those season ticket holders look like next season. Great stuff. Uh, enjoy the rest of your Sunday fun day, Christian. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Anytime. You got it. Christian Winfield, make sure you follow him on all things social media, especially you Nets fans, and you can see his work all over the New York Daily News. Earlier this morning, uh, Tommy Beer joined me on the program to talk about the Knicks. Uh, I'm going to play uh, a clip, uh, a few clips actually, um, from him and I talking specifically about the Knicks and what we can expect moving forward. Um, they have 22 games left in the regular season. I love their chances of finishing in the top six. I think they'll make some noise in the postseason. Not saying that they're going to win the championship, but possibly win that first round. We'll see. We'll hear from him next, right here on 90.7 ESPN. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at Shopify.com/network. All lowercase. Go to Shopify.com/network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com/network. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Part of the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. 
You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. A lot of excitement. My first question to him, of course, was the addition of Josh Hart. What does that mean and how much better this team is with him on the roster? It's a great piece. You know, like you need winning players. And we've seen, you know, here on the Northeast, you know, Big East star. Josh Hart has been fantastic, you know, since he's made coaches fall in love with him since he started playing basketball. And we've seen why his first three games. Um, you know, he just – the points are almost, uh, you know, cherry on top of the Sunday at this point. He's going to be aggressive defensively. He's going to get the ball out in transition. He's going to move the ball. Um, everything you like, kind of those winning plays, those intangibles, that's what Josh Hart brings to the table. So you, that, that's what kids love. That's why he's going to stay on the floor. Um, and that's what his teammates love. And the, the, he just does things that contribute to winning basketball. I wouldn't expect 17 points tonight. But the rebounds will be there. He's one of the best rebounding guards in the NBA. The assists will be there. And most importantly, that defensive intensity will be there. Um, that just kind of ratchets it up the entire team to focus defensively. Um, so, you know, ever since De- De- December 4th and, and Tibbs chain- played around uh, with this rotation, uh, this Knicks team has, has really done exceptional things. They're fourth in the East in points per game at 114.6. They're fifth in point differential at plus 2.3. They have a seventh, their seventh offensive rating in the NBA as a whole, and their eighth on the defensive uh, rating, which I think is only going to improve again with the, the addition of, of Hart, right? With that being said, you know, you've got, you've got R.J. Barrett who's been struggling. Um, you know, Grimes, at any point in time, do we see Hart become a starter? I don't think so. And listen, it, it could certainly, if one of those guys gets injured and Hart gets inserted into the starting lineup and plays well, I could that, that's a possibility. But I think Tibbs likes having him as a six-man off the bench. Um, how would RJ's ego deal with being benched? That's another thing you got kind of got to factor in here. Um, but to me, more important than the starting five is the closing five. And I think we'll see Josh Hart consistently play a ton of fourth-quarter minutes just because it's hard to take him off the floor, the team tends to play very well when he's in there, kind of as a connector. Um, we know that Brunson and Randall will give you plenty of points, so you need a guy that's going to kind of focus on the defensive end and you know not worry about running plays for him, and that's what uh, Hart really excels at. You know, when, when Jalen Brunson was signed uh, hosting Sports Talk Radio, I, I got a lot of calls like, they're overpaying, I can't believe they're giving him that much money. Based on boy, has he over delivered in regard to now it's over delivering as opposed to overpaying? Your thoughts on the difference Jalen Brunson has made to this roster, and 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 part two is, you know, I I truly believe we're seeing Julius Randle have this rebound year because of Brunson and because of the style of offense now uh, that fits his his skill set. A hundred percent, Anita. You know, like, and we can talk about the Knicks and. You know, it's funny you mentioned the first Sunday without football in forever. New Yorkers, get a chance and watch this kid Jalen Brunson play because he's special. Um, you know, over the last 21 games dating back to the start of January, Brunson's averaging 30 points, 5.6 assists, while shooting 51% from the floor, 46% from downtown. Um, he's the first Knicks to average 30 points per game over a 20-game span since Patrick Ewing in 1990. Um, so, yeah, to say that he's exceeded expectations is an understatement. Um, and it's not just what he does on the floor, the points, the assists, the efficient scoring. It's the, 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 
out on the floor. He sets the tempo offensively, gets everybody in their right place. And you're right. I think a lot of Randall's rebounds uh, in terms of his efficiency, in terms of his attitude, is having Brunson in-house and him being the leader of the team and Randall kind of you know playing a secondary role. A, a lot of nights he'll be the leading scorer, um, but just kind of, you know, Jalen's kind of the face of the franchise at this point. Um, the guy the media runs to to get quotes, and I think Randall's really excelled in that role, a little bit less pressure this season. Again, Tommy Beer joining us here on 98.7 ESPN, talking all things Knicks, getting you ready. Is it really the second half of the season? Uh, as we know, the NBA, they had to push along, push down the NBA All-Star game because they didn't want to compete with the NFL uh, now that they have extended of course, uh, their uh, their season to 18 games. But nonetheless, 22 games still remaining for this Knicks team. Mitch Robinson, can't wait, as Bart Scott likes to say, can't wait, can't wait to see his return. <laughs> Everything I'm reading is that we're looking at like one to two weeks. Of course, we haven't seen him play since January 18th. What will that mean for this team when he returns? I think he's one of the most underrated players in the NBA. I don't think he gets enough consideration, enough love, enough discussion. And how is this roster going to look in regard to playing time once uh, Mitch Robb returns? Yeah, that's a really good point, Anita. You, you mentioned their defensive statistics, you know, top 10 in the NBA in terms of defensive efficiency. Um, you know, I, I think they're eighth overall in the East. And that's the last three weeks without Mitchell Robinson their best interior defender, um, their best offensive rebounder, obviously their best shot blocker. So that's really going to you know, supercharge the Knicks defense, which is it's something to, to think about. Um, in, in terms of minutes, Sims has played well, you know, kind of slotted in, fitting in for Mitch Robinson. But I think um, certainly Mitch Robinson is going to reclaim a starting spot, of course. And then I think Hartenstein is going to keep his uh, secondary minutes off the bench. He's really played well with IQ. Um, in a limited sample size with Josh Hart, there's a lot to like there with that second unit, and Hardenstein played his best ball of the season um, over the last month or so. So I think you're going to kind of divvy up those 48 minutes between Mitch Robb and iHeart, and then Sims is going to kind of be on the outside of the rotation looking in uh, at some injury insurance. And we, as we know, Mitchell Robinson, as good as he is, is not the most durable player. Um, so it's, that's something to keep in mind. And just, it's just good to have Sims there as kind of an insurance policy. Um, yeah, like, like I said, I, I'm re- like, I'm, I'm somewhat giddy, right? Like, like this is, this is, the, by the way, this is the best start in the first 60 games for the Knicks since I want to say two, 2012, I want to say 2012. Yep. Yep. I was, I was reading, right. Um, and, and yet they're still not at, at full capacity, right? Once, once Mitch Robinson gets back, really curious how much improvement we see, as I said, eighth. I mean, eighth in defensive rating right now, how that increases with both Mitch Robinson and Josh Hart on the court as well. So really excited about that. Let's, let's, let's look at their schedule, right? As I said, 22 games remaining. Uh, they kick it off Friday in Washington. But looking at the schedule, there's a really nice mix here of like road games, away games. They're taking on Boston at home and away. Uh, they're home against Denver on March 18th. I think that's going to be a key game. They're at Cleveland on March 31st. You know, this isn't a gauntlet of a schedule remaining for them. So I, I, I like, I like what they did at the trade deadline. Um, I like what I'm hearing that they're going to get Mitch Robinson back in the next two weeks, and I like that the schedule doesn't look, you know, just absolutely uh, unbearable. 
Definitely. The, the, the game the games you want to keep an eye on are the games against Brooklyn and the Heat. Um, it, currently, as we sit this morning, Knicks are in the sixth seed, and that's important because you want to avoid that play-in tournament, which is 7 through 10. Um, they're a half game ahead of Miami, who, who's currently in seventh, and they're two games back of Brooklyn. So ideally, the Knicks want to you know, keep at least at six seed, but with the Nets obviously trading away KD and Kyrie, they have a chance to get to that five seed. Uh, which which would mean a first-round matchup most likely against Cleveland and Donovan Mitchell, which would be incredibly exciting, get this city buzzing. Um, but, yeah, for, you know, if you would have told me at the beginning, you know, when we talked prior to the season that the Knicks would have had a chance at the five seed, uh, I would have said very unlikely, Anita. But the addition of Jalen Brunson has changed the direction of the franchise to such extent that that's no longer crazy talk. This Knicks team is legit. They're good. They're not, they're not on, on the same level as the – the Celtics and the Bucks and the Sixers, you know, that upper tier of the Eastern Conference. Um, but I'll tell you what, if I'm the Cavs, the last thing I want is to play this gritty, tough um, Knicks team, with, finally with a point guard in the playoffs. And that, and that goes for, you know, the teams above them as well. Um, this, you know, this, this Knicks team is, is, like I said, they're legit. Um, and it'll be very interesting to see how this, you know, the next two months of the season plays out. If they can position themselves well, secure one of those top six spots, um, we should have some exciting basketball games in April here in New York City. Yeah, Tommy, I, I hear you. Um, and I'll, I'll make the comparison, right, like to the Jacksonville Jaguars uh, in the NFL, mm-hmm. right? Like heading – like so I think we're both in agreement. The Knicks are going to make it to the postseason. Hopefully it's not the play-in game. Uh, by the way, you can you can wager that the Knicks will uh, get in in the quote-unquote play-in uh, out of the East at minus 180. That's not where my money is. I do believe they finish in the top six. Uh, but by the way, that's uh, that's it's minus three eighty. What does that mean? You have to lay three hundred eighty dollars down to win a hundred dollars. It's too much juice for me. Here's where I am putting my money down: the Knicks to to go over forty three and a half wins. They're at thirty two right now. So uh, over forty three and a half wins, and you could get that at plus money. By the way, at plus one twenty. So. Um, but with that being said, I, I I'm not sitting here saying that the Knicks are going to win the championship. It's not what I'm saying, but I'm with you. I think they are the Jacksonville Jaguars of this year's NFL postseason where they are just the team you do not want to face, right? Like, like as the season progressed, they got better offensively, right? Like uh, Trevor Lawrence started to digest uh, Peterson's offense and was able to execute on defense. They were able to do some things. And so I, I'm with you. I think this, this Knicks team is one of those teams that, you know, once they get into the postseason, boy, that's the team you want to avoid, right? I like that analogy, Anita, because as we know, the quarterback is the most important position in all of professional sports. If the point guard on an NBA team is, I don't know if it's second or third or starter pitching, but it, it's up there. And the Knicks haven't had a real starting point guard, a real quality starting point guard. Um, basically in my lifetime, <laughs> you know, we, we got to go back to Clyde. You know, Marbury obviously played well for a couple of seasons there, but in terms of production, uh, efficiency on the offensive end, Brunson is right up there. And that is the difference in this Knicks team and Knicks teams of the past. And that's what makes this team so dangerous. We saw um, uh, Jalen Brunson essentially eliminate the Jazz by himself as a, as a member of the Mavericks uh, last spring. Um, you know, when, he, when, when Luka Doncic is out. So that's just it. You're, and you're right. When you, when you factor in Tibbs and the defensive mindset this team has, hopefully a healthy Mitch Robinson, Josh Hart playing fourth quarter minutes, you're right. This is a team that it will give, you know, top-tier teams fit. 
and which is one of those clubs you want to avoid in the playoffs because one, they'll be playing with house money, and two, they're really talented and, and, and quality quality teams. Again, uh, Tommy Beer joining me earlier this morning on uh, on ninety eight point seven ESPN. So, uh, you know, future looks really really bright. The next twenty two games, a lot of optimism around the Knicks. As for the Nets, uh, a lot of question marks, right? How 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 insane, how quickly an organization turns when, you know, when just like, you know, less than a year ago, this organization had Harden, and the, the Nets, of course, had Harden and, uh, and Katie and Kyrie. And now, you know, it, the, the future for the Knicks looks a lot more appealing than it does the Nets right now. So it's just, it's so wild. 800-919-3776. We come back. It's our last segment. Mitch, I see you. I'll get your call. Also, Tiger, Tiger Woods, y'all teeing it up today. Um, I bet that he'd finish in the top 40. Chances are there's a chance he might finish in the top 20. Uh, Who are some of the golfers that I like heading into today's final round at the Genesis? I will share that with you. Also, I have some picks and plays in the XFL as well later on today. Went 2-0 yesterday. Vipers covered, uh, Roughnecks destroyed. So uh, we'll dive into all that next right here on 90.7 ESPN. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7. ESPN and a lot to share with you before I sign off. Uh, we're going to network and then a little bit later on around three o'clock Ty Butler will be coming your way. Uh, NBA all-star game. You'll be able to be able to listen to right here on 98.7 ESPN. So a few things to get you in the know. Number one went two and oh yesterday. Vipers covered, had them at plus three and a half ref next minus three and a half. They destroyed the guardians today. XFL uh, battle Hawks minus two and a half lay the points against San Antonio DC defenders. Plus one and a half. Don't be scared to play them on the money line against Seattle. Those are my two plays in the XFL. Okay, we got that underboard. Um, number two, Genesis Invitational. It's Tiger Woods Tournament. Guess what? Uh, not only did I wager that he would make the cut, I wagered that he was going to finish in the top 40. Uh, and then you can still wager that he's going to finish in the top 20. He's one under through two today. Uh, so right now he is in the top 20, uh, before this tournament began to finish in the top 20 was plus 230. I don't know if it's still plus money, but I would put money down on it. He shot a 67 yesterday. Okay. So I do like Tiger Woods. Some other players that I like to finish Ricky Fowler to finish in the top 20 at, uh, at plus 750 Luke list to finish in the top 10 
at plus 850. John Rahm right now, Data Golf has him running away with this bad boy. 74% chance that he wins, but it's minus 300. What does that mean? You've got to lay $300 down to win $100. Uh, so where are you going to find value? You can find value with Max Homa at plus 450. He's three shots back. You could also find value with Patrick Cantlay, who's five shots back, but a California guy grew up playing golf on this golf course at 16 to 1. So I would throw some money on those two guys. Uh, Colin Morikawa was the guy that I picked to win this tournament. I think he's too far back. You could still get him to finish in the top five at plus 240. I would throw some coin on that. And the Gala to finish in the top 10 at plus 165. Um, I would throw some coin on that as well. Um, really quick, Adam Schefter's reporting that uh, Rex Ryan interviewed Saturday in Denver for the Broncos' defensive coordinator job. Ryan and former Broncos head coach Vance Joseph are amongst the handful of candidates for the job. Ryan told ESPN he would only leave the network for the perfect situation. I will tell you this. I got a personal phone call from Mike Westhoff yesterday prior to the news being released. Mike Westhoff, assistant head coach now for Sean Payton in Denver. Do not be surprised if Rex Ryan uh, takes this job. Um, I'm a huge fan of Sean Payton. I think this would be a great fit for Rex Ryan if he so is desiring to get back into the league and become the defensive coordinator in Detroit in 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 Denver. I think they're doing something special there. Really quick, let's go to Mitch. Mitch, I only have a minute, so you've got about thirty seconds. I apologize, but I wanted to get you on. What right. say you? Not a problem. How you doing, Anita? Okay. Uh, I guess I would just go for car. Would they go for uh, at fourteen? B. John and Robinson was like something very special. But I saw on tweet that, that uh, this would be a trade. Lamar for the Jets, 13th, Wilson, and another pick. I mean, both of us got, you know, they're, they're losing their mind. First, not signing Lamar for long term. When you got like guy like Wilson gets guaranteed money for, you know, after all he did. Thanks for taking my call. Enjoy your week. I appreciate it, Mitch. Uh, like I said, I just, I won't use the word shocked, but I'll be surprised if Lamar Jackson and the Ravens part ways. I just think they've invested too much with draft picks and and free agency and all that building an an offense around Lamar Jackson. Everybody, I want to thank you so much for tuning in. It's been a great morning. I want to thank Tom and Julian producing the show. Everybody, enjoy the rest of your Sunday fun day. I'm heading to the Titanic exhibit today. How about me? All right, I'll talk to you next week right here on 90.7 ESPN. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN.